Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Boy, it's August 5th, and it's episode 176, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to answer all kinds of listener questions that came to us from Twitter. We're going to, it's going to get us into a ton of different rule settings, such as IDP, Superflex. I think this one's going to be a good one for lots of different people out there. But of course, our analyst, well, of course, only one of our analysts is here, Blister, he's still <laughs> golfing today. <laughs> but he's finally got the kids done and he's ready to pod tonight. Slim, how's it going tonight? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. It's going awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, I got my daddy duties done here. Made a deal with my wife that... I could rip a pod off really quick here and still have some time for watch a flick or something like that. So she agreed and it was all good. Where you go. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I cracked a beer tonight for the pod and, uh, I think yesterday was the first time in a, almost two weeks. My liver is about to explode. The in-laws were in. <laughs> so we were had all that going on. We had, uh, uh, yep. Our buddy from uh, overseas, so we had some of that. Our buddy from Winnipeg in. It was a lot of. A, it was just a lot. Yeah. Slim. It was a lot. Oh, I hear but, you. Summer holidays. Yeah, it's yeah. not even. Uh, yeah. It's just the uh, the casual throughout the day binging and. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, day drinking, right? Oh, that'll get you. Have a couple more with supper <laughs> and. You have sleep good at yeah. night, but then all of a sudden you think back and you're like, holy yeah. crap, I've been, yeah, seven days straight. I've been filling my, <laughs> uh, my body with, with trash here. I need to take a couple days off. Well, the last good night we did, we, uh, did, um, the local resort across the river, old Shea Shea. Uh, mm-hmm. we were going over for one quick tea that ended up to be. Yeah. That's Three never quick the keys, never good. And then uh, a little bit of wings over at our uh, friend's establishment down the road here. And then I think we shut it down out here in the in the gazebo. It was almost up. Yeah, that was a good one. Anyways, but it did make me. I was looking on Twitter here earlier, and I saw um, Scott Fish and um, those guys were yeah. all in some sort of draft, and there was. Yeah, beers flowing and whatever, and there were selfies and like they were doing uh, karaoke in cars and stuff like that. It looked like uh, um, it made me me get kind of excited. I took out the calendar. It's August, and went through with my wife. I got a draft on this night. I got a draft on that night. We're golfing and drafting on this day, Uh, so it was good pencil it in so she knows. So I'm getting fired up here, Slim. Me too. I actually really am. Um, (laughs) Just talking to people on Twitter and. I don't know. It's starting to set in. I'm like getting to build a few teams and it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. 
Awesome. Okay, so we'll let's just get into this, Slim. So if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. All right, so like I said, so we got a good show tonight. We're going to answer all types of listener questions, and we've got a whole bunch of rule settings that are fairly common out there that we'll hit on tonight. Like I said, from IDP to Superflex, so we've got a lot of things to chat about. Um, first thing before we get into those listener questions, though, Slim, just want to uh, give everybody a shout out for helping out with the mock auction draft contest. So this is that uh, contest where you send us in your mock auction results. So because we pride ourselves on having the most accurate auction values, right, the drafts, but we do need help. So if you send us your mock auction results, like if you do an ESPN mock or Yahoo mock or a real draft for that matter, I've seen we yep. in the last couple of days, we've seen some guys who've done auctions on draft, for instance, and have mm-hmm. sent in the results. That's awesome. You forward us those results, maybe in in the subject line, rule settings, so that we have an idea of what those numbers relate to. But send in your results to auctionmockdraft at gmail.com. And every time you do that, we're going to put your name in a hat for a free auctioneer level membership to the website. So that's a $15 value. So you send in the result, we put your name in, you send in the result, you put your name in. And some guys are sending in like, send like 10, 12 Copious results amount. at a time here, right? Yeah. Copious. Yeah. Copious. Which I has like been it. awesome. Like, and, uh, just to echo like what you said, I mean, yeah. before what we do is we just did the mocks ourselves and that's all we had. Now I've, I, and you know, I'm kind of the one that sifts through it, which I like to do. I've got a little bit of time in the summer, thankfully, but I've found it so helpful to have just all this extra data. It's been amazing. Um, I feel like it's really helped us uh at least be on the the early ends of some of these trends that are happening um we'll probably talk about a little bit i know we talked about it last week but like some of this rb stuff that's going on that's just getting out of control um we're seeing it really early um because we get so much mock draft data coming in um so big thanks to everybody uh hopefully it's helping you need a draft and uh yeah it's just been really cool for the, to see the support well, and that's the big thing is that we don't just run an algorithm based on rankings to throw in the auction values. We're actually running this on mocks. So the more mocks that we have coming in and actual drafts that we have coming in, the more accurate our auction values are. And I, I mean, so I see it all the time. If you look at uh, what our action, auction values are versus what's going on out there, I find that when we see actual results coming in, that boom, yeah, that's yeah. exactly where we have them. Boom, that's exactly where we have them. And it's a lot different than these, like, just uh, fabricated ones that come out of an algorithm, I find anyways. So it's got to be helpful for our listeners and for our members when they're going into draft to have those actual numbers there. It helps with the tiering, it helps with the drafting, and it helps with everything. Yeah, I mean, the danger with those algorithms is um, – you're not drafting against a computer, like to be completely honest. I mean, obviously, um, so the data that comes in, especially this time of the year, uh, it's, it is user based. I mean, it is, you're seeing the tendencies of real people and which is good because you're going to draft against yeah. real people. So, um, 
you know, what I find with those algorithm derived values, a lot of the times they, they're too low and often, and especially for the top end guys, um, in a lot of cases. So, I mean, especially this year, <laughs> these top end guys aren't going for low prices and, uh, I, I, I'm anxious to get more real draft data than just mock draft, but, um, because I think some guys in mocks just go balls to the wall and don't care because there's no skin in the game for them. Um, whereas people might reconsider in their real draft paying up for some of the prices on some of these guys, but uh, right. we'll see kind of how things start to shake out here this month for sure. So um, it, you find your, get your results, send them to us at auction mock draft at gmail.com. We'll enter your name in to the draw to win a free auctioneer level membership. This week's winner uh, sent in a, a ton of entries, which helped him in the random draw. So congratulations to Kyle Kirby. I enjoyed the Chalupa Batman reference, which was good. I had a good good chuckle when I saw that, which reminds me of a little story, Slim. I had a kid when I was student teaching. He was uh, this terrible story is from North Africa, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, he answered this question, grade seven science. He uh, stands up at the side of his desk and, and says, you know, Mr. Blah, 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 this is my answer. And then he sat down. But when he, when he did put up his hand, I called out his name and I said, uh, Chalupa. And his name wasn't Chalupa, but it was right when everything with Taco Bell and the little dog and the whole bit. <laughs> and his name was Chalolawa. But I called yeah. him Chalupa, and the class hesitated to laugh because it's this new kid from North Africa. But anytime I see that word Chalupa, I think, oh, how I just blew it when I was trying to talk to this poor nervous kid from gave North Africa in, uh, in Winnipeg. You gave him the nickname. So and now Taco Bell now or something. Right? Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Taco, maybe they call him Taco. Well, that would be better than probably a lot of the other ones they could call them. But. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Anyways, congratulations to Kyle Kirby. I will send you a link in an email uh, with the um, the way to go get your free membership. So anyone else, if you want to enter in for next week, email your mock auction results to auction mock draft at gmail.com. Anyways, there we go. There's our little plug, but it has been, has been super helpful, son, so. Very. Thank you. All right. Okay. So let's get into our uh, listener questions here, Slim. So this segment's called We Just Got a Letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. So lots of Twitter questions here. The first one, Slim, is a little bit lengthy and <laughs> to the point where uh, – Football auctioneer at gmail.com because it didn't fit into the Twitter, uh, little box there. You couldn't even Not add even to it with a GIF, you know, so we got the email and it's quite lengthy here. So, so Slim, we're going to answer a part of this, but, uh, you have an idea for maybe how we can get all of our listeners to, to help our buddy out. So this is FF uh, underscore gouge. It's, uh, Eric, Eric Lugwig. Lug- Wig, who, who we've had on the say, who we've had on the pod before, so he's got a long question. We're gonna answer a small part of it, but Slim, what's your idea to try to get him some more info? So I thought maybe we could post a link. Uh, we'll create, take this question and kind of create it as like a, as a, 
some type of document where we can just post the link to it and people can just read it and see for themselves because it's, he's in a very unique league. It's a 10 team league, uh, super flex. It's a keeper league, fairly shallow benches, uh, lots of flex spots to go with the super flex, but it's an auction. Uh, it's also a keeper. They're doing a startup. Uh, they can, all the fab money they want to keep, they have to roll over from what they don't spend at the draft. So essentially, if you wanted, you could blow it all and not have any fab money for the rest of the year if you wanted to do that. Um, and then they have very specific rules on keepers for the following year. You pay based on the position they play, not who they are and how much you spent on them the previous year. So it's there's a lot of strategy. There's a taxi squad that you have to fill up, and there's strict rules on, you know, guys have to have uh, – less than three years of league experience uh, to be on that taxi squad. And then you can poach them and lots of stuff going on here. It's, it's a very unique league, which has led to the length of this question. And essentially right. I think Eric was just um, trying to wrap his mind around some of the rules and just get some outside opinions. And he sent the question. So I thought, what if we just post it on Twitter and let a lot of our followers um, take a look at it if they want and just toss their two cents into to Eric and you could tweet them and just let them know what you think and um, help them out and even just start a conversation because I think a league like this sounds like it would be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, maybe it gives ideas to some of you guys that are out there in terms of a, a league that you might want to start or play in yourself. So um, I think a league like this like, would be, just be good for the auction community as a whole in terms of uh, uh, driving the popularity of auction leagues in general. Yeah, absolutely. I thought what's interesting, so maybe we could talk about it really quick, was uh, you mentioned it earlier, the keeper rules. So you're given a $200 budget that can be used on keepers and to bid on free agents and for your fab. But like you said, it's not like, oh, you get to keep uh, Kamara, you drafted him for $3 last year, you get to keep him for, you know, 3 plus 5 so $8 or whatever, like a typical yeah keeper league might be this is like your first qb you're going to keep a qb it's 15 bucks your first running back is a 20 smash your second running back is a 10 smash your first wide receiver is 35 bucks your second wide receiver is 20 bucks so if you're going to keep one quarterback two running backs and two receivers all of a sudden there's 100 of your 200 budget so it becomes pretty interesting um some of the strategy behind that, like, so my gut when I first looked at it was like, well, you, you, you probably keep one of each position. You super flex, keep a quarterback for 15. Yeah. You keep a running back at 20 bucks. Absolutely. If they're going for 60, keep a wide receiver for 35. Yeah, for sure. Cause they're going in the fifties. I mean, that's my gut, but what do you think? Um, yeah, I think you almost want to play it like a dynasty because, uh, the values, Say, you know, say I keep an RB, uh, my first one's $20. Well, that's actually pretty cheap in, in the context of, uh, you know, say I want to keep Levy and Bell. There's no way I got him for less than that the previous year. So to keep a guy like Lev would, at $20 is actually a pretty good value. So I might be thinking of it like, you know, I want to accumulate some elite talent and just roll, keep rolling them year in and, and year out at these prices. The catch becomes how do I get all that talent to begin with? Um, right. cause I mean, right now that's a startup. They're going to do 300 bucks. 
that's going to include their fab for the year. Um, but then now after this, this season, so after the season's done, then they get their $200 that they can start allocating to keepers and things like right, that. So, right. um, and they can only roll over, I think up to $50 or something of that into their fab, uh, for the following year. So, um, yeah, I think there's just a lot to take in and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, for a league like this, I think, you know, you just got to get out there and, um, there's not really any predicting what others are going to do necessarily. Um, I think it's going to, you know, it's just going to be get in there and just, and go, just jump right, right in. Well, so Eric, we're going to, well, let's DM them first, Aislinn, just in case you didn't want it to be like a hundred percent public, all this, all this stuff. Right. And, and uh, if that's the case, if he's already with us sharing, then so let's just share it for everybody to see if other guys want to put in a, um, you know, a little bit of info here and there and help Eric out get ready for this startup because it's pretty unique, but you're right. Pushing the envelope all the time, right? Just like Scott Fish does, pushing the envelope of the rules and the settings and those types of things, roster constructions, et cetera. So exactly. That's right. All right. Awesome. Okay. Let's go on to our next question here, Slim, and then we'll get into really the meat of what's going on out there right now. So the next question is from at M underscore Niller. This question, uh, it's interesting here, Slim, and it really will talk to strategies of going into your auction draft. So the question is this, would you rather have one of your top seven or eight RBs at a premium? So like spending a little bit more money or two of your top 15 wide receivers at a bargain. So maybe they're coming in a little under what our AAVs are. Because he's finding that the top 8 to 10 RBs are hitting around 60 bucks or more. So yes. what do you think, Slim? Would you rather have those top-end RBs but spend a few extra bucks or save the money and uh, receivers? Um, I am gravitating towards the running back. Um, I get what he's saying. Yeah, running back prices are getting astronomical. Yeah. They are. I mean, I don't know if, like I said, if this is just people just not giving a shit when they mock draft, um, they just want one of these guys or, uh, if they just are for lack of a better term, just kind of being slaves to this running back craze and they just feel right. the need to have one as well. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it is tempting to just almost pass at running back, um, even though there's a lot of really quality options there. Um, I, it's 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 tough to say because for me, in the top 15 wide receivers, there's a couple, uh, namely Larry Fitzgerald. Um, a lot of these names we're probably going to talk about a few times tonight. Uh, a guy like yeah. Demarius Thomas, even T.Y. Hilton is still going for what I consider a pretty considerable value. And, and those guys all kind of fit into my top 15. So there is still value to me in that top 15. So it doesn't make it, um, I don't feel the need to necessarily just completely bypass some of these top running backs. Um, I, I guess it depends too on knowing your league. Like if you really believe that everybody in your league is going to spend 60 plus, on say the top eight running backs, then obviously it's, you're going to probably want to have a plan B of looking somewhere else. Maybe you uh, pivot and go and take Christian McCaffrey as your RB one and yeah, try and get a couple of those elite wide receivers. Um, but I think in most drafts, you can still get a quality running back for under 60. Um, 
you know, I've seen drafts where Melvin Gordon's gone over 60, but I've seen a lot where he doesn't. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still, he's climbing, but he's still floating in the early 50s in a lot of the drafts I've seen. Um, the closest one that's going to 60s is, is Saquon Barkley. I have a feeling that's probably roughly where he's going to stay. Um, again, being draft specific for sure, but so I don't think you necessarily have to just like completely get out of, uh, that top eight. Maybe you want to nominate one of those lower guys, um, really early and just see if you can snag one for a decent price when, uh, Gurley, Zeke, Bell, DJ are still on the board. Um, I don't know. Again, it's going to kind of come down to knowing your league, I think, in a lot of these instances. So, um, anyway, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Bex? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm with you there too. And I think, again, just being a savvy drafter, a savvy nominator, trying to find the sweet spot. We'll talk about the auction you coming up in Kiwi's question, but, uh, we talked about this the other night on the pod too. Uh, just because they're all going, you know, there's a bunch going for around 60 doesn't mean that if you don't play your cards right, you know, maybe you get the $60 guy for 57 and then all of a sudden it's not a premium anymore. You yeah. know? So, uh, I think you can do that too. And I mean, right now I think that, uh, I'm in that ballpark of kind of targeting that. I think that, uh, you can make a lot of hay, uh, sorry for the blister reference there, making hay, but, uh, <laughs> we, uh, you make a lot of hay at receiver for sure, and I think you could uh, save a couple bucks too by being smart with your quarterbacks and smart with your tight ends. And I think that you could scrape that money together by digging, you know, under the couch cushions to pay up. No, you know, a couple bucks for. A... When you say making hay, when you use that uh, terrible cliche <laughs> for uh, yeah, receivers, cliche alert, cliche. Are, are you talking I know at, you at the? Top end of the receivers, or are you talking more in the middle tiers? Where, more like where what, you... yeah, kind of what you're saying. In, yeah, okay. in that uh, uh, tier two, tier three ish. Yeah, if I'm for looking sure. right now, yeah, make hay. Like, I mean, what I I'd be okay with uh, um, Darius and Golden Tate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, any of those three. If I'm just looking really quick at random names here, any of those three could could finish as mid-range wide receiver ones. They all have good upside. They all have high floors. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to save a little bit of cash with that, with some of those guys. And then, uh, you know, sit around and wait to draft our perennial favorite, Philip Rivers, or sure. I mean, Matt Ryan for a dollar. He's been, you know, falling. And uh, have four or five extra dollars to be able to pay up and instead of going – um, Leonard Fournette at 52, like, let's go for Saquon at 57. Oh, or, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Instead of Melvin Gordon at 40, at 54 or 55, let's go for Kamara at 60, right? Well, sure. Take Barkley, say, in the mid 50s, or one of those other guys, even. Maybe you can get Delvin that cheap, or one of those, and, you know, and then, you know, Larry Fitz at 22 and Diggs at 28. Yeah. There you go. And there's sure. there's three um pretty steady, I think, fantasy contributors and you probably didn't really smash your budget to pieces by by going a route like that. Um right. you know. So like like you said, I still think that there is ways to manipulate those top 
tiers, uh, to your advantage. Uh, it's just going to be a, a matter of trying to find the time to do it in your draft or maybe the, the, just the right player to do it with. Some of it might be luck. I mean, uh, for sure. You know, I, I, I guess what I'd be saying is I'm not going, I don't want to be the first one buying one of those top running backs for 65 plus. We'll say that because then I think by doing that, uh, so say Todd Gurley's nominated the very first guy in your draft and you go and buy him for 67. If there is values coming later, uh, like even a couple players later, you're screwed. You're probably yeah. not going to be able to do anything with that. So maybe let that first guy go and just kind of feel it out a little bit. Cause you know, knowing that, uh, eh, you know, if I have to, I'll just buy David Johnson for, 64, if that was what you wanted to do, like at least it still gives you some options. You can kind of, it's, you know, like boxing. You're just kind of, you know, getting a feel the first couple picks, seeing which owners are being super aggressive at what positions and, um, you know, kind of trying to gauge the tone of the draft itself. And, you know, that's all part of the strategy and, and the gamesmanship of the auction draft. So hopefully a live draft, I guess that's makes things easier. That's what I keep picturing in my mind because I guess we do our home league as a, as a live draft. And I, and I think of those things that I try and do in that setting, obviously online, yeah. it's a little bit trickier, but you can still try and maybe pick up some trends just by how aggressive guys are bidding on certain players. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that that strategy or what you, um, scenario that you were describing, I was listening to the CBS pod, uh, earlier today when I, uh, toilet, uh, anyways, did a good job. I thought I got her taken care of. Not, I didn't break it. Well, maybe, I, uh, anyways, uh, but they were, they were talking about their mock auction that they did and it was, uh, exactly what you said. So, uh, Dave Richard, he spends big on wide receiver and I sent you the link to it, Slim. So, yep. you know, they have a hundred dollar budget, but, uh, he's spending, you know, 29 on Julio and 29 on, uh, who was the other guy? Uh, wasn't Nuke. It was maybe Odell or something. Anyways, so he's basically, you know, thrown out 60 bucks, uh, 60% of his budget for those two receivers and Eisenberg just sits back, sits back. And then all of a sudden he just goes bang, bang, bang. And, uh, he's picking up those guys that we were talking about at receiver, um, and cheap, but actually I think it, he grabs a guy like, um, Devontae Adams for like $11 and, uh, TY for 10 and, you know, he's getting cool. quality guys and for dirt cheap. And so that was the idea he talked about too, was that in that, in that mock with analysts, I may add, he just kind of cliche alert, uh, sat in the weeds. Right. And just kind of waited for everyone to spend their money. And then all of a sudden no one had any money left. And, uh, cause you know, they're spending it on a big wide receiver and big running backs. So now everyone's tapped and he looks over at the rosters and he goes, Oh yeah, I know. I know where I'm going here. And, uh, he gets, he finds a sweet spot everywhere. So that's just yeah. exactly what you're, you're talking about there. Yeah. I think you can see so then, it coming too when you start seeing just huge prices, um, that are above and beyond what you're expecting at any position. You, you'll, yeah. and if you're seeing it over and over, you know that, uh, very quickly it's, 
there's going to be values coming because it doesn't take long when you're buying players for $65 for that to really eat away at other areas of your budget. So, yeah, yeah, know that. Well, I was going to ask you something about this. Uh, Dave Richard on there, who is in my Scott Fishbowl League, and uh, I questioned on Twitter today on some of his comments based on his ranks. That's fine. Anyways, um, but he had an interesting comment, and I just thought I, I wanted your feedback on this. He made a comment, something along the lines, like he has a rule, he calls it the 50-20 rule or the 50-25 rule. And um, it's this, it's uh, in, save 20 to 25 bucks for the last half of your auction. So never spend more than 75% of your budget in the first half so that you have money kicking around when those values hit. What do you think? Yeah, I don't mind that actually. I mean, especially this year, like I think you see so many high priced guys now that it's not even going to be in the second half of your draft. It's going to be earlier. There, there's going to be a lot of values. I mean, when I'm looking at a lot of these mock drafts coming in and again, they're, they're mocks and guys have gone crazy sometimes early on, but the, the, Kinds of players you're getting for less than $10 in many cases is, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, there's running backs that I think have top 24 potential, um, maybe even top 15 potential. There are lots of receivers, um, that go for less than that regularly, like quality players, like, Michael Crabtree and Pierre Garçon, um, Chris Hogan just go dirt cheap a lot of the times. And I mean, if I could make up, uh, take three of those guys as my wide receiver three through five, um, I'd feel pretty good about that. So, um, yeah, I yeah. actually don't mind that theory. I, I've had it work well in the past and things like that. Um, I usually try and do something like that for my wide receiver three and get a guy because I feel like there's always a quality guy that I think has uh top 24 potential um, that goes for really, really cheap that I can just toss in for peanuts as my wide receiver three. So, um, yeah, I think there is something to that. Okay, and so it could be that tiebreaker, right? Am I going to bid up this guy? No, no, hold on. Hold on to my money a little bit because I got values coming. So just a little little check in. I thought it was a good easy rule to kind of remember. So mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, okay, so second part of this question from M underscore Milner. He asked this slim. So he's also curious on how you feel about running backs and wide receivers and their replacement value in PPR. So uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, we kind of talked about this off the air a little bit, and um, I guess for me, if we're looking at uh, like, I'm not sure if he's in re- just referencing in general or more the, the higher priced guys. I mean, if you're talking about per price, I mean, this was a big, uh, one of the, one of the proponents, I guess, probably for RB0 was if you go and spend big money on a position like running back, it's a volatile position. Um, their probability of injury is a lot higher than other positions. Uh, so there's, there's some risk there. Um, but I, I, but I think in terms of the replacement value, um, uh, I actually like taking flyers 
later in the draft on running backs over receivers. The thought being for me is um, if a starting running back on an NFL team gets injured, generally speaking, the backup or somebody else on that team, and it's usually fairly easy to, in most cases, to predict who it's going to be, is going to be the direct recipient of uh, the fantasy points given up by that injured player. Right. At ride receiver, that doesn't happen that way necessarily. I mean, uh, for, you know, if Julio Jones gets injured, Muhammad Sanu all of a sudden isn't just catapulting to a wide receiver one and, uh, you know, a top 12 wide receiver weekly. Whereas right. if, um, uh, Ronald Jones or something gets hurt, Peyton Barber could end up being an RB1 start a top 12 running back in a lot of weeks. Um, so there, or if Devonte Freeman gets hurt, then Tevin Coleman could vault into that, that role. Right. Uh, so I think that for the relative price, I'll spend a couple bucks on a running back versus a couple bucks on a wide receiver, just on the chance that uh, if there's an injury and I don't play for injuries, I try and pick players that I think have upside other than, just having a guy get hurt in front of them. Uh, ideally you're getting, I think this is why Tevin Coleman is probably, you know, oftentimes the most expensive of the backup running backs well, because he gets touches regardless if Freeman is injured or not. But when Freeman does get hurt, then we know that Tevin Coleman is automatically uh, thrust into a heavy workload. So, um, yeah, it's. I don't mind this year's guy like that is like a Gio Bernard too, right? That's going to go sure. under ten bucks easy, but you oh, know, yeah. satellite back plus. Right? Yeah, right for sure. There's always going to be a handful. I mean, uh, you know, Matt Breida is an interesting guy for me. We haven't seen Jarek McKinnon handle a full work share. It's kind of looking right now like he could be kind of the RB two in in San Francisco. So. What if McKinnon gets injured or, you know, what if they go 60, 40? I mean, Brita has value just in that. And then if McKinnon does get injured, all of a sudden, you know, he's going to be a lot more valuable to your fantasy team. So um, I think that's what you want to be paying attention to this time of the year is trying to find those positions. Uh, it's why I like drafting even right now, a guy like Royce Freeman, um, even if he doesn't get named this quote unquote starter, uh, you know, I think he's going to get touches week in, week out. And if, you know, they do do a timeshare or running back by committee and, um, you know, Devontae Booker gets hurt, then Freeman could just be getting 20 touches a game. Um, it's why I like Dion Lewis. Uh, he's cheap. If Henry gets hurt, then he's going to get, uh, probably have a really big workload. He's probably going to get a pretty sized, decent sized workload already based on what they've said. Um, so at the, at their prices, I'm taking Dion Lewis over Derrick Henry all day because Derrick Henry's probably double the cost in most cases. So, um, not that I dislike Henry. I just think he goes for too much, um, with that committee that they have going. Right. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. So, Hopefully that helps your question there, M. Miller, uh, about replacement values. And I thought it's good talk there about uh, paying up for running backs versus wide receiver bargains. So it's good. Let's move on right. to the next one here, Slim. This is at Caleb Lampert. He asked this, am I crazy in preferring to grab Joe Mixon over getting a stud in PPR? 
especially if I round out the running back position with a Geis or, well, right now Rex Burkhead, maybe he can't afford Rex Burkhead like that. But what do you think? Is he is he crazy for grabbing McKinnon and Mixon? Well, no. I, I think the the uh, the thought process is sound. I mean, I think we just kind of talked about it in the previous question a little bit. We know that the top running backs, the prices are – they're huge. And if you don't want to go that route, then, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with trying to stack two guys like that. I mean, now that you start building in some greater risk uh, by doing that, I mean, I think we'd all say that a running back like Zeke Elliott is a much safer bet in terms of fantasy floor um, than a guy like Jarek McKinnon, but his price also indicates that. So I don't mind that approach at all. Uh, if you – at the end of the day, like, I still advocate, take the players you like. I mean, if you really believe in Joe Mixon and you really believe in Jarek McKinnon, then go and buy those guys. For sure. You're going to want to root for them. I mean, this is supposed to be fun at the end right. of the day. So, so go get them. Uh, you know, uh, I do love the fact, and I think you have to find those cheaper guys. And I think you found two guys, uh, is one that I like as a, as a cheaper kind of player. If you can get them for a cheap price. Uh, and Rex Burkett is a guy I love, especially now. I mean, I think his price is probably going to climb. But, again, I, I haven't seen it happen yet, and I think it's because at most players or most owners spend so much early on in their draft that they can't afford to, to pay up for a guy like Rex Burkhead at the juncture that he's going, he's getting nominated at in drafts. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, he looks like a pretty safe uh, kind of – bench or flex play at RB that has to me um weekly for sure RB2 uh fairly safe floor right now especially if Sony Michelle misses time it's again it's why I like Dion Lewis it's why I like Rice Freeman guys like that uh, in those same kind of positions cuz they're cheap and they're going to get touches I think so um yeah those are the guys you want to target for sure if you're doing it that way well, and I like, well, we like Jarek McKinnon and Joe Mixon right now. If you look at the, yep. if you look at the average auction values, I mean, you get the two of them combined uh, for right now 56 bucks. But right now, Joe Mixon is, t- well, he's, he's the best in the value indicator right now. Well, he's tied with mm-hmm. uh, Rashad Penny, but we've got him ranked at 14, whereas other, you know, consensus wise outside of our, Site have him lower than that, so he's a value. Jarek McKinnon, same thing. We have him at uh, at a five dollars savings right now. So they're they're two good guys to buy that have good upside. I just wonder sometimes a little bit about the floor. And uh, Jarek McKinnon just scares me that little bit, Slim. Like, oh yeah, couldn't like beat I said, out Matt Aziana. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like I said, I mean there's always there's risk here, and I think I'm you know. If it was for me, I would rather target a guy like Devontae Freeman, maybe in that instance. But I, I from what I'm seeing, Freeman is goals for usually a, quite a bit higher than what Jarek McKinnon does. So I get that that's not always possible. Um, but yeah, I think anybody at this point, we kind of start getting some red flags about them. Um, I do like McKinnon. I think, you know, there's, I think some RB1 upside there. A little bit of a gamble, but I mean, like I said, a lot of these guys are gambles to some extent right now. Um, 
So yeah, if that's, if he's like the top of your tier, and that's the thing, once you get into this guy, like the, the groups of McKinnon, Mixon, you, you guys might have all these, we'll call it maybe your tier three of running backs. Um, if these are the guys that you have the highest in that tier, then sure, go get them. Go get them. Yeah. And hey, and you know me, I love Geis this year. I you think do. He's yes. gonna be, I think he's going to be a beast there. I, re- I really do. I think the skill sets there. I think the pedigree is there. Um, you know, if you go 18 months ago, you were hearing about him being Saquon Barkley, right? So we just, I think he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because of what Barkley did last year. But, you know, two years ago, wow. he was the man, right? Is it really that uh crazy yeah. to say that he could outscore Barkley this year? No, not at all. That's, I don't think so either. And if he's going for a third of what Saquon is, not even almost a quarter of what Saquon is, then it seems like a pretty good value. But now speaking of beast slim, did you see the tweet today? Was it today or yesterday? Maybe it was last night of the, um, Jadavian Clowney. I did high school footage. I did. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. I mean, it really was unbelievable. When he got off the ball, like literally most of the time, the tackle that was lined up opposite him hadn't even moved yet. And he was like on him. He was like in the backfield. I thought there was one play where literally as the ball, I think the quarterback was like lined up in shotgun. It looked like, and I mean, it was high school footage. It was kind of grainy, yeah. but it looked almost like he almost intercepted the snap the, from the yeah. center to the quarterback as like he timed it perfect, just kind of ripped it right out of the quarterback's hands as the ball got to him back there. He was so fast like that. And I mean, just and the size difference and everything. But. Clip. Oh yeah, the size difference. I mean, it, it looked Photoshopped. That's what I put on Twitter. Like it looked fake, like, they just took him out of his, you know, uh, uh, NFL film and put him, superimposed him on high school film because it didn't look, it looked unfair. Yes. I'm sure was... the guys feel, can you imagine being a tackle? You're a 16 year old no. left tackle and you're like, uh, pardon me, you want me to block this guy all day? Yeah, no. Cut block, cut block, cut block. Like, I mean, there's nothing. What are you going to do? I don't think he could do anything. Literally. You could, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. That opening clip where it wouldn't even matter. He was so big and quick and athletic. Like, yeah. Uh, he chased that guy down from behind in that first clip. Like the guy was thirty yards in front of him, and he just like I mean, yeah. he got on his horse and those long legs were going. And that's a D lineman. It's just not. No. Anyway, sorry, freaks. It's talking about freaks. Um, yep. Anyways, okay. So that's uh, that's at Caleb Lampert's question. So let's move on to the next one. This one is at S Raider guy. He has a hundred dollar budget slim. He's keeping Kamara at three and Michael Thomas at seven. Sick. Um, <laughs> how should I budget the other ninety dollars? Should he go mid tier or value guys or go get another stud at running back or wide receiver? I think I know your answer here. Go um, ahead. I in keeper man, I always want to get studs. Like, especially like. If you're saving so much money, like it's almost like you get Kamara and Michael Thomas just put on your roster for free. So right. could you just imagine partnering those guys with um one of the other premier assets? And 
I always want to try and go running back. I mean, I don't know what the starting requirements are. Here, you're blessed in the sense of you've got Kamara and and a, a receiver as well, and Mike Thomas, who's who's really good, obviously. Um, and so a lot depends on who's available. If I can get one of the another stud running back, then I would usually pick that option. If I can't, then I'd just quickly pivot uh, to get an elite wide receiver. Um, and you know, that's going to depend on who's being kept by the other teams too, right? What's available? You're yeah. going to find value in one of those things, anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much value in the later tiers that you don't have to just stockpile all that value. I mean, you have the resources to go and get another elite talent, then then go and get it. And, I mean, it sounds like you keep two guys, so that should mean that there's going to be some good players available. Now, most of the top running backs, I'm assuming, are probably going to be kept. But uh, So if that's the case, then all right, I'll just go and get um, a couple, maybe two. Really, yeah. really good wide receivers. Maybe exactly. I take the values that are in the top tier, the Keenan Allens or, uh, I'm trying to think, Larry Fitzgeralds and things like that. And those are the guys that I pair with Michael Thomas. And all of a sudden I've got three top 12 wide receivers. So, um, not, that's not bad either. Hey, uh, I just, uh, saw coming in on the, on the wire. Did you hear Corey Coleman just got sent to the Bills? No. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, according to Adam Schefter, he has uh, been traded in exchange for an undisclosed draft pick. Well, and I am freaking glad that I traded Corey Coleman this <laughs> offseason in my in our dynasty league. So, in our home league for that. No. Well, does he I... have more, Does he have more value now though? If he's over there, no. He's not buried behind all those other guys. He's uh, competing he, against uh, Kelvin Benjamin. He's buried behind. Absolute garbage home? quarterback play and a, yeah, okay. and a horrible offense. Okay. So, no, right. I think right. it actually makes it. I like the live reaction. Good. But, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for him though because he just could never kind of some really shitty luck injuries in Cleveland and now they, they bring in Jarvis Landry and, um, now he's traded to Buffalo. Can't catch a break. <laughs> no, can't, cannot catch a break. Uh, yeah. Um, that's uh, um, William Werner Game Show reference. Maybe if I can find that, that would be good. I mean, I'm just going to – yeah, hopefully I can find that. Okay. Anyways, uh, here's the next question. This is uh, from our buddy Kiwi at Windy City Loyal. Um, I did love that he was at the Crusaders rugby match the other day. Like, I love that he just, like, posts some of those pictures and he's there, you know, 15 rows up behind the end zone watching championship rugby. Yeah. Anyways, but he's a Bears fan, so we'll let that, but <laughs> part of it's cool. <laughs> Anyways, um, take, so his question is this, taking the auction new theory um, into a draft, do you attempt to predict that the, uh, that the drop in, uh, taking, taking the auction value theory into, into a draft, do you attempt to predict that, um, the drop in the value will be over the entire auction? Or with enough information and a bit of luck that you can predict it at each position? Well, I think, I guess, the, the you for me doesn't apply to the entire draft. I, I find it look, it works over 
maybe one big tier or else two tiers. Uh, so really commonly I find it, say, the last couple of years for sure, it's been in the top tiers of wide receivers. Um, usually for me in my top two tiers. So I'm talking about maybe uh, six to eight players. So uh, just for an example, I guess, let's just use for the sake of argument here, uh, if we go by our consensus rankings, we'll use the top eight. Antonio Brown, Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Odell, Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, AJ Green, and Julio Jones. So we'll say that that's the top eight. And you could say we could even break them into two tiers, which probably a lot of people might do. You get your Browns and Hopkins and maybe Beckham. And then after that, it could be, you know, Keenan Allen, Thomas, AJ Green, Julio Adams in some particular order. But I think probably a lot of those names fall into the tops of most people's rankings. So kind of how it plays out is the first couple guys usually going to be Brown and Hopkins um, right. for you uncreative leagues that, <laughs> that just right. draft off the sheet, which yeah. I freaking hate, but whatever. <laughs> that happens most of the time. Those guys go. It's pretty chalky. They go for right around their $60 mark, maybe a bit more because somebody really wants Antonio Brown and they don't like any of the other options as much. And there you go. Okay. And then what happens is uh, guys kind of settle in and the more savvy drafters will say or, you know, look at this and say, you know what, there's six, eight guys right now that I would really like to have. I'd be very comfortable with as my wide receiver one. So when Odell gets nominated or Mike Thomas, they don't panic. They don't find a need to bid up really high um, because they know there's a lot of other players out there that they're comfortable with. It's what happens when now all of a sudden it is just AJ Green and Julio Jones left and now you have a tear break and you have the decision to make of, oh shit, do I take Green and, or Jones or do I really want to start, you know, Mike Evans or Larry Fitzgerald or Diggs or Baldwin as my wide receiver one? Um, and maybe this year that might even apply more. I mean, guy, that guy like Doug Baldwin, a little banged up right now. His stock might be dropping. Larry Fitzgerald never typically gets that much love. So then it makes that guy that really wanted that one of those wide receiver ones um, say, you know what, I got to go get Julio. And he's on the board right now. I just got to go get him. And you get into a little bit of a bidding war. You get a little aggressive because you feel the need to really get a player from that tier that you, that in your brain you said to yourself before your draft, I'm getting one of these guys, somebody from this tier. And when you start looking at the black lines all through that tier and there's just one or two names left, you kind of panic a little bit. And um, rightly or wrongly, I mean um, – but that's kind of how that U works. And then those bottom guys end up oftentimes being priced more closely to the first couple guys that came off the board versus the middle guys in that entire group. So um, it's something you can't really predict through the entire draft because most of these players are gone. Um, but I do find it as something that's, that is fairly predictable. Um, and again, it's more or less just trying not to leave one name or maybe even two left in your tiers, trying to get some players from those tiers that you like um, before it's there's just not a lot of options left. Right. And I mean, that ties into the question we talked to at the beginning from M underscore Niller, Niller too, that idea of maybe trying to find, you know, the savings in there to apply in other places, but not the whole 
uh, not the whole draft, but specifically in the tiers, in the individual positions, right? And and, and more likely the upper tiers, because really, how are you going to find the sweet spot in guys that are range dollars, right? In that tier, that's a tough. Uh, oh boy, I got this guy for two. I have him for three. It's not really that big, um, that much of a big savings there. Yeah, and I mean, there is some luck to it too. I mean. Sure. If if you if you're targeting a guy that no one else in your draft is really that high on, that's going to be good for you too. Um, you know, you like AJ Green and no one else really does, then yeah, you're probably going to end up getting him at a bit of a discount if you stick it out and and try and get that player. So if it just so happens he kind of falls in the middle of that those tiers when he comes off the board, then that could work out that way too. So there's some luck, but I think you sometimes you can predict it. So, um, well, so I've seen a lot of traffic to the auction new article on the website. So head on over to the fantasyfootballauction.com. There's an auction new article on there. You can see the graphic has uh, actual graph that demonstrates the U with it's uh, running, running back, uh, the top tier of running backs. Uh, shout out to at senior Hines for giving us a tweet. I love when he says, uh, Love the U concept. Been using it for years. Heard it from you guys first. Looking forward to defending his big auction championship this year. So uh, good luck to him. Guys are out there using the U. They're reading about the U Slim. We talk about it lots. But the first step to the U is uh, creating your own tiers, correct? Very correct. Yep. All right. Awesome. And if you want to know how to uh, draft or how to set up your running back tiers, premium podcast, Slim nailed it already couple weeks ago for members so you can get the $15 membership on the site and get the articles and the premium podcasts and the spreadsheets or you can get the um, middle tier membership 10 bucks get you the premium podcast and the sheets and that includes the draft sheets and the cheat sheets and the tiering sheets and the auction value sheets so you can do your own tiering that way too or for 5 bucks you can jump on and you can get just the auction values. I just uh, helped out someone while we were talking in the last question. Uh, shout out to Shay for being patient. Uh, I quickly just uh, went out there. He was got onto the Patreon site, gave us a little bit of cash there so we can get his pause on the auction value spreadsheet. So the link was there. Boom, I can see he's actually, well, I can't see that he's on there right now, but there's a handful of, People are checking it out, members right there on the page. So, anyways, there's a little in-pod plug, Slim. Yes. Shameless. Shameless. Anyways, move on. (laughs) You got to do it. So, the interesting question here is Slim coming up. uh, New new settings here for us to talk about. At Butsy888 is asking this question. How do you tackle IDP in your auction? So I see what he that's uh, first things first. What uh, he also says, uh, he's got an auction where everybody has two people nominated at a time, sixteen teams. That's a whole different question. So IDP auction slim. How does that change things? Well, it is. It, to, it here's where when you're doing a unique draft. I mean, it's hard to prep. Um, there is no better prep than actually doing that draft. We get a lot of questions for things like that. Um. What I would do when I go into a draft like this, the biggest thing I want to know is how much 
do others want to value the IDP positions? Um, for me, when I, on your scoring too, though, right? Slim number of IDPs in your scoring have a big, big impact. You're right. Answer, if you're starting one IDP at each position, uh, you know, say one D line, one linebacker, one DB, then yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think you need to put much emphasis into it at all. You're going to get somebody good no matter what. Um, it becomes a onesie position, right? Yes. Like it becomes a, a tight end quarterback. You can stream really at, you know, yep. D line. For sure. Um, you, you know, even at two, not terrible uh, for most positions, especially. I'd probably want one elite de- defensive end for sure. Um, but after that, uh, you start getting to starting three uh, at each, something like that. Then I think what you what you always want to do too is go in if you can and see how all these IDP positions score versus themselves, but even the other like the offensive players. Uh, there's all kinds of different form formats for scoring IDP, uh, that some really reward them. Some make them almost like kickers. And if that's the case, then again, it doesn't matter. That's something you can use to your advantage and not spend much on at all. And the NFL uh, does a great job of allowing you to get in there and yep, see that, right? Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. If you're drafting an MF- MFL, um, like, like Bucks just said, you can go into league st- or league scoring and filter however you want and you can see everything. Um, now again, some of the positions are devalued and overvalued. Like I like defensive linemen. If I can get my hands on some of the elite guys there, they're just harder to find. So that's why to me, there's more value placed there for the linebackers. They're probably, um, a little easier to find than defensive linemen for sure. There's more of them. Um, so, there's just uh there's more opportunity to find points there and with DBs with the way secondaries change year in year out um i don't you know you can dig deep and throughout the season safeties and and corners are going to emerge that will be fantasy viable so i guess what i would do going into the draft once i've figured out how i want to prioritize the idp guys i need to see how the draft is going to do it so probably what I would do in uh, in a draft where it looks like IDP is is going to be a decent factor in fantasy scoring, I would probably nominate one of the top linebackers really early and just see what the draft does. Again, who's bidding, how much is being bid, just to get an idea of um, of how much I'm going to have to spend on these positions. If it looks like people are going crazy, then I know, okay, I can sit back and wait and try and grab some value. Um, or if people are undervaluing these guys, then I know that maybe this is something I can exploit and I can gobble up some of this top end talent, uh, because a lot of the league is not valuing them like they, sh- like I think they should be at least in terms of how many points they're going to get. Um, and I would do it with linebackers, probably not defensive linemen because I don't want to burn a good defensive lineman. I know there's lots of good linebackers, lots of, of high scoring linebackers. Typically I can, I can kind of throw one under the bus and run the risk of maybe not getting them. If people get crazy, uh, in the bidding as me, just trying to use it as a feeler. Um, I don't want to do that with one of the top defensive ends. I would rather, um, hopefully get a feel and then 
try and scoop up some of the values that I can at, at defensive end if possible. So that's kind of how I think I would tackle it. Um, I don't know, Bucks, if you got anything. Well, I just, what I was just going to say is I love the idea that you just said, not only putting one out as a feeler, which is great because you can kind of have an idea, but if, especially if this is new to your league, which I'm guessing when you're asking a question on how do you tackle IDP, this is going to be fairly new to your league. Uh, throwing out the feeler, great. I love that as the benchmark, but I also like the point that you made, Slim. See who's doing the bidding on it as well. I think that's really an interesting point. Auction allows you to kind of see that, and maybe there's a couple of guys that are valuing these IDP players a lot differently than you are and a lot differently than the rest of the league is too. So I think that's an interesting concept as well. You might be able to suck a little money out of uh, that guy who, you know, wants all the linebackers and on their LBU team, uh, <laughs> by, by playing that, right? Yep. It's a great, For point. Sure. it's a great point to look at who's doing the nominating too. I thought that's, uh, um, something we don't always talk about. So I agree. Anywho. And then when okay. they fill so up their spot, yeah. Those, those guys, you then can you then you can just say, "Hey, I got carte blanche here to just kind of go wild, and I got no resistance coming from this maniac that's over here that that's now right. has spots filled up." Awesome. Okay, next part of the question from Butsy here. Um, also, in an auction, when everybody has oh, two yeah. people nominated at the same time, and it's a sixteen team, so sixteen teams, two people nominated at the same time. I'm guessing it's a slow draft. Obviously, yeah. I don't know how in the hell you would do it otherwise. 16 teams, two people nominated, so 32 people out there in the nomination. Uh, is it, uh, is there even a nomination strategy for that? I'm going to let you go, Bucks, because I think you've done more of these than I have yeah. with these slow drafts where you these nominate multiple well, guys. I, I, think it, I think it's the same thing. I really do. And I think that it allows you to, in the slow draft, um, Take your time in who you're going to nominate rather than just the chalk, you know, oh, next guy up, next guy up. I think it allows you to do that. I think it gives you more time to sift through the rosters of people in your league to see who's got what, who's been spending on what, who's been nominating what. It allows you to really gear down in your auction and pick apart those strategies. So I think the nomination strategy becomes even more important because you've got the time to do so. Does that make sense, Slim? Yeah, I think I, I, I'm just curious. You lose, I feel like you lose a lot of, um, not control because there's just so many players on the block at a given time. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's, it's a lot of the players you like or maybe that you would want to nominate are probably nominated when you're nominating guys. So right. it's kind of is like, I think I would still want to be nominating players that I don't really want, um, hoping to get people to spend. Um, but especially, I, especially early in, in, in yeah. this type of format. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I agree. I think the time can help. Um, like you said, really, um, either a come up with alternate plans for yourself, but like you said, sift through, other guys' rosters and try and maybe predict which way they're going to want to go or even which players and maybe not specific players, but uh, which positions or even just price ranges of players that they might be targeting. So whether you can bait somebody into buying a guy or even just avoid nominating players in a certain price range, 
But again, right. you've got a lot of other players that are going to be thrown out there that you have zero control uh, that are just kind of flooding the market at a given time. But um, hopefully you get some these, are, these, these drafts are tricky too, Slim, is that um, so, for, so usually like first round, everyone puts out two players, right? And yeah. then someone gets bought, someone gets bought, and now there's, you know, all of a sudden there's only 25 guys out there, but the new nominations are coming in. And then after, you know, that first day or first kind of roundish of draft or of picks, now you're seeing the variance out there, right? Somebody's got an hour left on the clock. Someone's still got eight hours left on their clock, right? right. And then a bid comes in and it resets the, you know, now it's an additional uh, hour or whatever it is. So you can still kind of play those auction use. It's just, it's different than sitting there with one guy on the block and you have one guy to pay attention to it. Uh, but it still yep. allows you to play some of those and, um, across the board. So it's not just, um, it's not just 32 guys on the block all the time at the same, you know, and they're all coming off the block at the same right, time. You know right, I mean? right, right. Yep. So that's, uh, um, where that's where you still have to be methodical, be patient, don't get excited just because you see 30 guys on the block at one time. You can still, especially after that first round, you can still play your strategies in there. Or but when you're it, winning a you're bid right. and some fucking guy bids you up with like three minutes left on yeah. the and bids you up 50 cents or a dollar. Some of them set up for, for 50 cents and stuff and you want to just smash your computer, but don't. And some of them you chill. can do the auto bid too, right? Which kind of helps. Like yep. you say, I'm going to put, you know, $35 on, on this guy and then it, one up, one up, one two. So it, it's hard. You, it's really tough to pay attention to and stay, stay uh, hyper involved all the way through. Cause it, but if you don't, you're going to not find the value there somewhere, right? So, um, I still think you can play a lot of those nomination strategies that we talk about all the time, you know, to find the values and still work your auction use. It's just a little bit different the way that it looks, but you're right. You don't have the same control all the time because of the number of people that are on the block. And all of a sudden you get someone you didn't think you were going to get. And you're hoping that you're going to get the right now you have the high bid on the next guy too. And Oh crap. Now we're, so you have to be able to really, be flexible and have a lot of ideas where to go. I've been caught in that situation before where you're like, ah, I'm just going to upbid a guy here to be able to go for 40. And then you get him for 41 and you're still the high bid on the next guy at 39. And you're like, Oh crap. Uh, what am I going to do after this? Right. Cause if no one upbids you there, yeah. bang, bang, you get them both now. And you weren't necessarily predicting that's right. That, you know, so you're right. That's you right. control the control too. Yeah, okay. definitely a different beast for sure. Absolutely. That'd be, uh, I have, haven't, I've done a couple of slow auctions lately. Um, I haven't done one this year yet, but they are, yeah, it's a, it's a different beast for sure. Yep. Be interesting. Maybe I should try to find my way onto one here. Get myself primed for August slam where all the drafts come hot and heavy. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, last question here and hopefully, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to talk about here, son. So this is yeah. at David is not right. Maybe his wife made the Twitter handle. 
I don't know. <laughs> Just guessing. But anyways, he's not right. David's not right. So uh, here's this question. Can you discuss quarterback values in a 12-team super flex? This changes things sure. a lot. So. It does. I mean, I guess the biggest thing, and I'll be honest, like when we get our mock draft data and things, um, it's never for super flex, um, mainly because most mock drafts, uh, they don't support super flex. So we used to do a few where yeah. we had all uh, – where we had arranged for people to all sit in and we just kind of made it clear, Hey, let's draft this. Like it's a super flex uh, ahead of time. And it was great. Um, but it, that very rarely ever happens. So, um, yeah. I guess the biggest thing is what you need to do is just try and figure out what you should be spending on a quarterback. And again, just like anything, it comes down to knowing your league. I mean, I know our home leagues that we all draft in, um, most have prescribed to this theory of, of the late round quarterback. Um, so prices for us are usually really, really cheap. Most yep. cases. Um, so if you know that going in, I mean, even in our, uh, in the home league that I commission, we switched to super flex last year. Um, the prices were a little bit higher than what I still thought they would go for. But if you compare them to most of the super flexes, I would be confident that they would still be on the lower side of things. Um, so again, I guess you got to figure out what you need to spend. Um, one of the kind of general rules of thumb I do is I try and look out. So what are the top players going for uh, at other positions? And then I try and figure out how I can make the top quarterbacks go for or just maybe the top quarterback go for that same price. Um, so if I use somebody like Aaron Rodgers for an example, if he's going for 35 bucks, uh, and I want to try and balance them out to say $65, for example, because that's maybe what the top running back is going for. Um, you know, some simple math, yeah. I can just divide 65 by 35 and I get, uh, just a factor of 1.86. So that would be, uh, just a number I can try and multiply every quarterback price by to give me some kind of rough idea of maybe what they could cost um, in a super flex setting where quarterbacks are going to be valued more. Is it going to be perfect? No. Um, but at least it gives you a ballpark, especially for the top guys. Um, and you can maybe see then if some of those top guys are going for a lot cheaper than what you think they should be. Uh, maybe you jump on that or, you know, at least what to expect kind of even just to create a budget for yourself is something to kind of get going with. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how for me, at least I kind of try and grab prices. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Very specific. You're right there. And then something we're going to add to the auction values uh, sheet. I've been promising to do it. Slim. And so yeah, uh, that's no. something that we're that we're going to add because we do get more and more questions on it because they're becoming more and more popular, right? And sure. we advocate all the time: drop the kicker, drop the defense, add add a super flex, add an additional flex, and now yep. you really got a league, right? I agree. I think it's becoming more and more common. Um, like, yeah, and if you're not in one, I think you should be. Uh, just help bump up to even just the 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 quarterback value uh in your draft and in terms of like roster construction for me it's pretty straightforward i i want to get a quarterback we've probably said this before uh one quarterback that i have in my top 12 usually for me it's in the bottom part of that top 12 because i'm not going to pay the money to get you know one of the top five guys in most cases um why not grab a stafford or cousins or uh yeah exactly those are the guys um 
you know, what are they? Stafford is, is been a common one for me a lot. Uh, cousins, another one, Philip Rivers, like you mentioned before. Then I'm looking to grab somebody in the top 24 as my QB2 that, and I'm kind of looking for value and I'm trying to go by rankings and try and find values. Alex Smith is one guy for me, Matt Ryan, uh, and. Well, he kind of falls to me more at the bottom. He kind of, for me, slots into what I was going to say next. And then I take this flyer. Um, I want a third quarterback in most cases. Uh, I want him to be very cheap. So sometimes that's Derek Carr, a guy that I still think can fit into that top 24. But I, I want him to be very cheap. Andy Dalton is usually one of those guys. Uh, if I'm going straight flyer, I've been taking a lot of Rosen um, because I don't believe that Bradford can stay healthy. Um, and maybe there's a chance that Rosen even wins the job outright. And if the team is struggling early, they might just put Rosen in um, just to see what he can do and get him some reps. So he's a guy that I, I take a lot of the times as this kind of flyer guy that when bye weeks start hitting and, God forbid, injuries – uh, yeah. hopefully he'll have cemented himself as the starter. And Lamar Jackson is a, is a guy that I would like to get to. Um, he's becoming a little bit harder to get oftentimes, um, with a little bit of the hype there. Although after his fairly poor looking Hall of Fame game, that might help things. But, uh, yeah. Andrew Luck's an interesting guy. If I can get him as my QB too, um, I mean, somehow he still seems to be falling. I guess people are still freaked out by this injury. I personally think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but if you can get him as your quarterback too at a value, lovely. All right. Awesome. So those are uh, Twitter questions. So I was thinking about doing news and notes at the front end of the pod, but why don't we just quick, just give yep. me like a rapid fire. We've got a couple guys that are questioned. Just tell me. Quickly, rapid fire, what you're doing with them right now. So, uh, Dougie Baldwin's banged up, uh, banged up a little bit. What are you doing with him? Uh, I'm still buying. Um, I'll be honest though. Usually he's been a value. Uh, yeah. sorry, this is going to be rapid fire, I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But, but this year he, He's actually not as much of a value as I as I thought he would be. Value so zero right now. He's right where exactly. he's supposed to be. Yeah. Like I, if I could get him in the early thirties, I'd be cool with that. If I'm getting him in like closer to forty bucks, I'm gonna probably pass at this point, uh, at least until we see some more stuff with his knee. But if I can get him uh, mid thirties, like thirty five or cheaper, I'd probably still buy. Okay. What about Sony Michelle now with the news that he's going to need some surgery? Well, considering I had him as a sell, uh, spoiler yeah. alert, uh, <laughs> for in my running back tiers premium, um, podcast, uh, this can even make some more of a sell. Um, I just, I need to are see him dra- get out. Are you drafting him in redraft? In redraft, I probably won't because I still think he's going to be, um, his price has come down just even in the last like two days from what, what I've been seeing in the data, but um, it's still like I need it to be, you know, probably a four bucks or, or less. Yeah, 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 yeah. To be, I mean, when Rex Burkhead is still going for like $5 I'm and he's still going for more than that, more than him, I'm taking yeah. Rex Burkhead. Yeah. 
And I still think that they play sexy Rexy in the slot a little bit while Edelman's out. Especially yeah, now that I hear that good. Edelman's maybe a little bit on the uh, out of shape. The receiver group is looking worse and worse by the, you know, Jordan Matthews getting cut now. And yeah. I mean, we'll uh, see. Hey, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about the Eric Decker signing though? I find that intriguing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of it kind of. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think Decker's like done or anything. Um, yeah, he didn't produce. I know I took him in the fishbowl last year and he freaking killed yeah. me, but um, yeah. I think a lot was more a product of the offense. Um, I'm interested to see like this offense what, will probably be good. Well, either should score some points, and I think yeah. he can be a pretty solid red zone target. So like, just even on touchdown upside, I think he's going to be interesting. So definitely could be a, a, a nice little late flyer at the end of your draft. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what about uh, Josh Gordon? Josh Gordon, I'm buying. Um, like, I don't believe – they just traded Corey Coleman. Yeah. If they thought Josh Gordon was in trouble, um, they wouldn't trade him. So, I mean, none of this stuff worries me about Gordon. I'm hoping to get him, uh, you know, in the early 20s in terms of price if I can. So, yeah, I, I'm not scared off by any of this. Okay, and last one on the list here is Slim Martavis Bryant. Uh, I'm kind of – I'm just going to avoid him altogether. I'm a little bit worried. Um, one, I don't think he can really help my fantasy team a whole ton. So yeah. I'm not going to invest a lot there anyway. And I do worry that there is potential for some type of lengthy suspension of some kind. I mean, I don't know. He just seems to not be able to get it together. Uh, I don't trust that there's absolutely nothing there that he's just going to not play. So um, until that's cleared up, I probably won't even uh, be looking at him at all in my draft. And I think even if he plays 16, he's not really yeah. much use. Really. No, I don't think he's going to – he's not going to be a league winner for you. So if no. that's the case, then, you know, Wait, I'll go buy that- Chris Hogan for the same price or something like that. Like. Sure. Sure, makes total sense. All right, so hey, that was uh, a little bit longer than we normally go, Slim, but there was some good stuff. I kind of like these listener question ones that, that our followers are starting to ask some really good questions that are specific to what they need, but still, yeah. still really allow us to talk general strategy around different things. So yeah, hopefully it's beneficial for those who aren't asking the questions too, because I think at least the way that I hear it when uh, I hear you talking or you and Blister talking that it's still general auction strategy. We're still talking nomination strategies and bidding strategies and uh, tiering and the U and all of those things just wrapped around in different questions, but it does lead us into the right areas for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, it's the time of the year, but for sure the, a lot of our followers, some of these questions are tough too. They they make you think, which is good. I, I like it too. It makes me have to sit down sometimes and and go through some past practices and they're good little thought exercises to me. Oh yeah, you know what? That I, I should be maybe doing that more or something yeah. like it. It's so I I love it too. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we do have um, scheduling here now. 
moving forward, we're going to look into some more position-based pods. So we will talk like and do a running back pod, a wide receiver pod, a onesie pod, which like QBs and uh, tight ends. We will not do a kicker pod. We will not do a defense <laughs> pod. Just so you know, uh, those things won't exist. And if you look at the auction values page on the website, you'll see Slim's thoughts exactly when ranking kickers and defenses. Um, he has that pretty clear in his in his rankings. So feel free to check that out. It's my little so Easter now, egg. On that, yeah, a little Easter. Ooh, Easter egg. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so on that note, if you're mocking and or doing actual drafts, send us the results so that we can put those into our numbers so that we can crunch them and get those accurate auction values for everybody. When you do, we'll enter your name in for a draw. Kirby got it this time, right? The uh, Chalupa Batman, he got it this time. Next week, it could be you. So the more entries you, you send the better your chances are of winning. So I will send out that link tonight to get that uh, free membership set up for him. So feel free to send it to us. It's auctionmockdraft at gmail.com, auctionmockdraft at gmail.com. If you have Twitter questions, make sure you send them to us at Fantasy Auction. Slim will get them out there. He'll answer opinion too often and uh, if the question's longer than what Twitter will allow you to ask feel free to email us footballauctioneer at gmail.com we get those questions all the time and the guys are always answering stuff and heck we even get some Facebook questions too I don't even know how to get there on Facebook anymore but there's some guys that follow us on there and ask some questions either as uh, messages on there or post comments as well so lots of different ways to get to us. Auction drafts are going to start to heat up here. So that means we're going to start to heat up. Slim's got some premium pods coming. Blisters just released two different articles this week that we've just put out. Um, and the podcast will start to be getting a little bit more specific as we get you ready for your auction drafts. Anything else, Slim, that I'm forgetting? Nope. Awesome. Could you hear me okay tonight? Because I just noticed... The blinking light on my microphone, which would mean that it's on mute. Um, but I'm guessing you're hearing me through the speaker on my headphones. I have heard you fine. A couple little garbly sections of bit, some, but nothing am terrible. Am I a little bit louder if I hold it up like this? Am I a little bit louder if I hold it up like this? Uh, not that much louder, no. Uh-oh. Okay, well, they're hearing me somehow, so that's good. Because uh, it's showing the meters are all good. Gosh, I hope we didn't just do an hour 20-ish on the pod and uh, you couldn't hear me. Anyways, hopefully we can. So our thoughts are next week. Hopefully we can uh, – Blister and I are in an auction draft on Sunday night, so we may need to record on a different night this week. So be alert to that. We might be re- – um, releasing the pod a little bit early this week. Please, if uh, you like the pod, get on whatever app you use to listen to the pod, rate and review us. That would be awesome. I just sent out a little email newsletter to many people out there today. If by the end of the day on Monday, because it's our long weekend here in Canada, you give us a rate and review, uh, just take a screenshot of that, email it to us at footballauctioneer at gmail.com. I'll send you a promo code for five bucks off the auctioneer level 
uh, membership. So it helps us move up the ranks. It helps spread the word of auction. So you help us, we'll help you. How does that sound, son? Sounds amazing. Love it. All right. So that's the end of the day, Monday. That's, uh, that's going to be the deadline because that's when our long weekend's over. But Slim, uh, we're educators. The summer, it's always a long weekend. Yeah, right now it is, yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, actually, I lie, I'm lying. I am going into work tomorrow morning because I have to bring the new teachers out there. Dun, dun, dun. Great. Now, uh, just on a, on a note, uh, that night, remember I talked to you about the three Long Island teas that went in quick? Yep. Yeah, the next morning I was supposed to meet them out there, and I forgot I was supposed to meet them out there. <laughs> hey, boss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. so I'm going to try to... Try the to totally boss, redeem myself that. tomorrow morning. Yeah, well, I don't, but you're going to drive all the way out there and then there's nobody there and you can't get into the school. That's no good either. Bring them a coffee yeah. tomorrow. Anyways, there you go. Perfect. They're young teachers. They're okay. Anyways, okay. So, uh, hopefully we'll see, uh, Blister. Hopefully you had a good round tonight. Uh, Blister, I know you're listening to this at some point. Tweet us for how your round went. Uh, hopefully it was as good as Minnows was the other night. Did you see that, Slim? Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, uh, our counterpart there that had a little snooze on the grass from the pictures. Oh, of <laughs> I did see, I did see him today in a store and I said, I, you look a lot better today than the last picture I saw of you, which was good. Uh, <laughs> but no, I didn't see. No, yeah. So no, Minnow, our buddy Minnow uh, busted par the other night. So good for him. Wow. Shot a 70, I think it was. Nice. Yeah, that's why we bring them on the golf trip. No, we don't want those guys on the golf trip. We want more me's out there. Yes, <laughs> whack, ah, whack, ah. Pick up the beaver tail, but the ball's still there, you know. Yep. Those types of things. Anyways, okay, Slim, um, I guess we'll, uh, I mean, we're going to see you on uh, on Twitter a ton, and we'll probably see you before Sunday this weekend. Uh, Blister, uh, we'll see you before Sunday. And for everybody else, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies.